Hi, this is Kara Kading, and as part of the Milliger family, I'd love to introduce you to our new podcast. Everything we do here at Milliger's is done to enhance the lifestyle of our customers. Our products and services add beauty and enjoyment and just make life a little more rewarding. We are first and foremost growers, and one of the things we do best is to open a world of beauty to people through plants. And plants enrich our lives in so many ways, from cleaning our air to making everyone feel better. And everything else that we do or sell gradually evolved from our wanting people to feel better and enjoy life. Welcome back to our podcast, and I have an exciting brand new guest with us. I have Jody Walker, who is our perennial manager here at the Racine store. I can't believe that we haven't gone over this topic before, but we're going to highlight some perennials. Good, good. Yes. Obviously, I'm the annual queen. I'm over there all the time. My favorite department and love to do containers. But the perennials have really been speaking to me lately just because it looks so beautiful out there. It's I'm so amazed. It's after the 4th of July, and we just have such an incredible selection. We do. Things are looking really good. A lot of things are coming into bloom, so you'll come out and see a lot of color. Echinaceas, you know, coneflowers yes. are, are just a mass of color right now, and some of the other perennials, <laughs> <laughs> salvias, and the rudbeckias, that's the black-eyed Susans. Those are not, are not quite showing much color yet, but they will be very soon. That's really exciting. It's just so beautiful to walk through there and see all the... I mean, really, it's a birds and butterflies, and they're just fluttering and loving. It's I've, just I've paradise seeing, for them. I've been seeing hummingbirds, which just makes my soul soar. Yes, you know? yeah. yes, so exciting. I mean, they just they love it here at Milliger's, just like yes, everybody does. But <laughs> so out on the perennial lot, lots of questions here. As I said, there's been lots of activity because the gorgeous selection and beautiful displays that you guys have. What would you say is your number one question when people get out there? Actually, a lot of people say, "Can I still plant?" Of course, you can. I myself don't actually get a chance to get out to, into my garden until right about now because <laughs> things are so busy. The it's spring is so crazy. And so, yeah. yeah, I don't get to my own garden doing planting and even some cleanup until this time of year. So if you didn't get to it this spring, don't feel bad. You haven't missed the boat. Right. You still have a chance. And that's why we have a nice wide selection of things. So you should still be able to find a lot of what you're looking for. And of course, you can get it planted. Basically, you just have to be mindful of the weather how much rain are we getting and or not getting and right. make sure that anything that you plant is always well watered for that first month. I mean, don't don't say, okay, it's watered in. Now I can go on vacation for two weeks because it will need to be looked after for about a well, month. Well, especially this time of year, right? I mean, this is when, like you said, this is kind of the heat of summer uh, yeah. as we go into July, August. Make sure that the plant's hydrated. Is there anything else that the plant needs when it first is transitions from, you know, milligers here into someone's garden? Whenever I plant, I always make sure two things that I have plenty of organic material, and that's going to be things like peat moss, like mushroom compost or garden compost. You can also use composted manure. Why that's different from the soil that you're planting into is that organic materials like peat moss, they act like a sponge to hold moisture. Oh, that's great. Yeah, especially in this heat of the summer. Exactly. Some soils, you know, if you live close by the lake, you have a sandy soil in the the water just runs right through it. Organic material will stop that flow, hold the moisture so that it's available to the roots. I live out west where my soil is heavy clay and what the organic material does is to break up that clay and if there's any, ex, you know, if it doesn't dry out quickly enough, the peat moss or mushroom compost will absorb extra moisture so that it's not drowning the roots. So it's, you know, you, oh, wow. it's a win-win. So right. always use organic material when you plant. 
The other thing that you want to do is throw a little bit of granulated fertilizer. And by granulated, I don't mean the water solubles like miracle Grow or, you know, that sort of thing. We do sell a couple of different nice ones. Bumper Crop, um, Rose and oh, Flower yeah. Food is a good one. There's an Espoma Hollytone that is also good for certain perennials and shrubs and trees. Throw a little of that in the hole before you put the root ball in and then it's available for the roots whenever that plant's getting going. And is there any tips for, you know, when you're first taking it out of the container, they always talk about scoring the roots and things like that. How do you know how much you should really eat up those roots before you put them in the ground? It kind of depends on how root bound they are so if if this this is a plant that we planted in march and it's still out on the lot and now you know it's really filled up on the top and it's blooming and it's beautiful those roots are probably pretty tough at this point don't be afraid to just like dig your fingers in and just tear it apart i'm sure that you know you've already talked about how you do that with annuals when you plant them in containers or, or in the ground but of course you can do it with perennials too and it actually encourages those roots to take hold it's like exercising your muscles. It's like if you beat them up a little bit, then they get stronger. And that's what you want your roots to do. Right. I've seen that sometimes where you, you know, you lift the plant out of the pot and you can see those roots going around in that circle oh, because yeah. they're going the shape of the container. Yeah. And so if you plant it like that, it's, those roots never really have that opportunity to expand. Exactly. And so, yeah, just dig your fingers in. If you're not strong enough to dig your fingers in, use a tool. You know, like a dandelion puller makes a good way to get oh, in idea. there and, and just yank it apart. Obviously, don't go hog wild and like <laughs> y- yank. You want to leave those roots there. <laughs> plant needs the roots. Pretty much. Yeah. Although trimming roots, it, it, it's a fine thing to do because sometimes those older roots get woody and they lose their ability to absorb water. So what you're trying to do is encourage the plant to push new roots that have that water. Just a nice, fresh, clean cut. Yeah, exactly. great mm-hmm. idea. When people are first coming out to the perennial lot, and I love, I mean, at both stores, we have such an educated staff. I see a lot of times people are coming they have a picture on their phone and they're oh, yeah. trying to show you, this is what my you know yard looks like. What should I be doing? Exactly. What are some of your tried and true perennials when people are first starting out maybe or picking, picking perennials for the first time? What are ones that you just, you can't go wrong with? Most people want as much bang for their buck as they can yes, get. Yes. So plants that have a long bloom time are ones that are, are good. And of course, it depends on your situation. So if you have a nice sunny yard, and of course, you know, full sun, I, I want to touch on that a minute. People think, oh, I, 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 my yard is part shade. But then I ask them and it's like, it's on the east side of the house. And no, it, it, there's no obstruction from dawn, which is, you know, six o'clock or earlier right. until noon. So that's six hours. Six hours is full sun so you don't have to limit yourself to shade plants because you're on the east side side, of the house obviously there are some plants that do better in the hot sun but let's go back to the the tried and true so things like salvias have a very long bloom time and will rebloom if you trim them coneflowers i already mentioned those don't get started until mid-june but then they will go until frost so that's a great bang for your buck there easy plants are going to be things like coreopsis which is the tick seed it's a daisy type flower and it will self-seed so it, it'll it'll fill in an area if that's what you want. What else? Oh, sedums are, you know, the tall sedums, Autumn Joy and Autumn Fire are great ones, but we have a, a, a nice selection of other ones. So if you've only done the Autumn Joy or if you've only seen them, there's, there's more to choose from. And the reason those are nice is because the plant is so pretty until it blooms like crazy in the fall. So Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I love to use them in containers and things yeah. like that. 
You have, I know, something new out there, and this caught my eye because, as again, I love container gardening. Yeah. But perennials can also be in containers. Absolutely. Now, I, I do, I know a lot of people will say, can I put this in a pot? And I'm like, well, not if you want it to remain perennial. But now here we have these wonderful perennial combo pots, and it's still not going to remain perennial if you leave it in that container above ground throughout the winter. They will probably not come back. However, what you can do with them is if you haven't had time to get to your garden, get one of these pots. What uh, is a combo pot? What's in oh, there? Okay. Well, let's see. We've got them, a couple different ones for sun and we've got one for shade. And the sun plants in there, I off the top of my head. Is um, there like three plants in there? There's five. Oh, wow. Five okay. different perennials in these square containers. No, I guess the, the sun ones are actually in the urns, so they're okay. really pretty. You've got some ground cover types like sedum. There's an, a nice one that we don't, don't even actually carry on the lot, which is called trefoil. It looks like clover, and I guess it is, you know, a type of clover, but the leaf is so pretty. So two different types of ground cover. You'll have some color filled like that coreopsis that I mentioned, and then something tall like a delphinium or a ornamental grass, all in a nice container. It's well-balanced, good, the good colors. And so... Some instant gratification there. That's great. Like you said, if you haven't started, you can bring this home or... Bring it home and enjoy it on your deck or your, or your patio. And or you then, know what? I think that's a great gift. Oh, you know, yes. I've actually sold some of those yeah. as gifts and it was a big hit. But what you do with that then is come fall, you will have had a little bit more time to plan where you want to put things. And then you can just take it apart. And again, you're pulling it apart, but that's good for those roots like we yeah. already talked about. Get it planted in, in your garden plot and instant garden. And then next spring, you'll have that to look at. I think it's a great deal. It's, you know, it's... it's they are so pretty. Yeah, it, it's a good price. It's a, a beautiful container. And then you get to enjoy it next year too, if you get it planted. Right. What an amazing bonus. So you have ones for sun and shade. Correct. Again, a great gift because it's something that just continues to live on. Mm -hmm. So they can put it in the ground and enjoy it for years to come. When, you know, a lot of people come out and, and will ask me like, okay, so I have my perennials. As far as maintaining them, when to trim, when to divide, when should we be doing those things? That is a hard thing to, to say because I'm guilty of this as well. It's like, oh my gosh, that catmint is just looking so beautiful. I don't want to cut it. But if you don't cut it, it will quickly go from, from the beautiful, uh, nice compact color plant that you have to suddenly looking a little kind of gray and floppy and what you do want to do is just get in there and give it a haircut you can cut things like catmint nepeta down to about eight inches or so you can do the same thing with salvia you can cut. and you should be doing that now this or is like, a good time okay. to do it because they're starting to look a little ragged I'm, i know that mine at home the bloom has already just stopped and so basically i will go and top it and that will flush another bloom now it's not instant it's going to take probably two weeks before you see sure. color again but then you'll be able to enjoy it all through the end of July and August. Right, right. That's great. What are some ones that we should be trimming now? So as I already mentioned, nepeta or catmint, salvias. You can, at any point, if something is flopping, like the yarrows in our demonstration garden, are in beautiful bloom right now, but they're starting to fall over. The other plant that you want to make, if you have them in your garden, chrysanthemums. If you bought some mums and planted, you know, last fall and planted them in, in your garden, you should be probably doing a pinchback at this time because if if you don't pinch certain things back they will get really leggy and you will miss the opportunity to have have more flowers because where you pinch them pinching is just cutting basically sure. they will push 
more not branches i guess but yeah they'll, yeah, they'll branch really from and... the point where you cut it and then it because you've you've doubled the the number of stems that could possibly have flowers and so pinching is very important if you want to have a nice full plant in the fall. So well, we definitely want that. <laughs> chrysanthemums, take a look at your tall sedums, which we already talked about too, that if they are getting lanky, you know, you can cut those back and then they'll, they will be that much prettier in the fall. If you wait too long, however, you're going to nip off whatever flower buds. So don't wait until the, you know, first week of August. Make sure that you're getting it done you're this it first now. week of July. Yeah. Like you said, to make sure that you get that bloom. And then how about division of, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I have this plant and it's getting so big for the area. Yeah. When is a good time to divide those plants? Well, this would not be my, my best choice. If you go with the, the adage that gardening is best done when you have time for it. If you don't have any time and you want to get this done, go ahead and do it. But just know that uh, it'll probably be kind of stressful for the plant in the heat of the summer to do the divisions of something that's already established in your yard. And I would personally wait until fall because it's not going to make that much difference sure. uh, in terms of, you know, how the plant is growing, but it'll have a better chance of taking if you do it when it's not as hot and dry. So just kind of try to save that for the fall, divide up, you know, with yeah, your friends exactly. or, <laughs> or maybe moving something. Sometimes people put a plant in a location that maybe it was thriving there but maybe a tree got big and or or got cut me. down and right. so where it was shade it's now some yeah, full sun um yeah in that case i you know where you have a sudden event where you need to make sure that the, the plant is in its best living its best life then yeah sure you can move it at this point or if you are moving i've had that question come up a lot you want to take your plants with take you take your plants yeah. with you absolutely and you know you do that when you have to but again remember that you have to be mindful of the weather and the moisture content of the soil uh, just so that they are not stressed out by lack of water at a time when they're already stressed out sure. by being moved. Right. A lot of times well, in annuals, we're talking about how important it is to feed your plants. They're always, you know, they're on a constant feed here where the annuals are, but the perennials are probably a little bit different than the annuals. Most perennials grow a bit slower and because perennials tend to have a bloom period as opposed to the entire season, they don't take as much fertilizer as annuals do. Of course, the ones that are long bloomers like the salvias, like roses too, because I'm, I'm in charge of that department as well, they will take more fertilizer. But even so, I would prefer to do it again, a mild granular fertilizer in the spring you can hit them again at about this time of year and then once in the fall and that it should be sufficient um, okay. for their their needs yeah because with annuals we're talking once a week if you can once every two weeks but we have you got a shorter window there of you know, well we're yeah. trying to get our biggest bang for our buck with annuals well and the, the the thing too is that you expect your petunias to be in constant bloom and that takes a lot of food True. energy for the plant to do that so it, it needs those building blocks that the fertilizer provides another question that i have is when it for container gardening again near and dear to my heart sure. is it okay to mix your annuals and perennials together in oh a my container? gosh yes absolutely there are certain beautiful hookahs or coral bells, which have a, just a gorgeous leaf. Yeah, they do. Um, and they, they tolerate very low light, although they can also tolerate some sun as well. And, you know, you put that in with certain annuals, and that would just be a stunning combination. And I've seen, you know, pictures of those in magazines and on yeah. Pinterest and, you know, things like that. Right. Just something, so. just to, something fun to do and different, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
And again, that opportunity to be able to pop that perennial out of the container, put it in the ground in the fall. Absolutely. Because it's okay to plant in the fall, right? Actually, fall is probably the best time to plant other than spring. You do need to get your your things in the ground early enough so that they can take hold before they go dormant. So think, you know, by the second week of October is, you know, that's the cutoff date for trying to get perennials in. You can plant shrubs and trees later than that, but um, perennials definitely need to have a few weeks to get their roots going. Yep. Okay, now I want to hear some of Jody's favorites. So we, I know people love butterflies, hummingbirds, you know, any kind of creatures out in the garden, friendly ones. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorites that you recommend? My One of my absolute favorites out there for just, it's a beautiful plant, has beautiful flowers, and it's called Agastachus, or hummingbird mint is one name, anise hyssop is another common name. The reason I love it is because not only is it a magnet for the bees, I've seen hummingbirds at it, but it has a fragrance that is just oh, wow. amazing. So I I love that. Um, yeah, so you get fragrance is just such an added bonus. Oh my gosh, yeah. And uh, one thing, I, I was thinking about this earlier, Kara, that people also ask me about out, you know, what, do you have any lemongrass? Well, why do you want that? Well, to you know, for to get rid of mosquitoes. Right. Well, like, do you know that agastachus, bee balm, lavender, some of the I am trying to think of. Oh, the, the like the the creeping thyme. All of those aromatic plants will also deter mosquitoes and other oh, wow. flying insects. So if you plant around your deck, you know, all these these nice smelly things, right. then you can enjoy the fragrance and the mosquitoes will stay away. So, Oh, I love that because, I mean, I know there must have been a article in, in the newspaper online because we had such a mad rush and request for lemongrass. Yeah. But, you know, you don't want to have just a whole garden of, of lemongrass. And so. it doesn't, it's not perennial. It doesn't come back. Right. So, yeah, right. these are, there. you know, there's a lot of perennials that give you that benefit and, you know, come back. Come and, back uh, every year. Yeah. That's great. How about in our in our display garden? Or what did you call it? You didn't call it the display garden. You Demo it, garden. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love seeing those plants in there. And what are some of your favorites that are kind of in season now? Well, the, the one that in a week or two is really really going to knock everybody's socks off is of course the perennial hibiscus or mm. dinner plate hibiscus and so I've been wondering I've been looking for that because Elsa Milliger has a, a picture yeah next to that and it's just amazing how big it is but I haven't haven't seen it yet well it's because it's, it's coming it's coming on Worth and the way. it will it will surprise you but people see the tropical hibiscus and they they love it but when you see that perennial hibiscus because the flowers are huge they call it dinner plate for a reason is because yes. the flowers are almost as big as dinner plates they really are and that plant will get to be about five foot by five foot Mm -hmm. it's about halfway there at this point and it's it's going to really pop probably by the end of july now we sell a lot of it we have probably 15 different varieties oh wow Um, the one that's in the garden i'm not exactly sure because it was planted before i came um (laughs) but it is a red one and i'm thinking that it is probably the oh golly yeah, it's kind of like that deep red. It's it. Uh, I, I don't want to say burgundy, holy, but holy grail, I think, is the okay. one that we have that's closest to that. But we also have light pink ones. We've got one that's called cherry chocolate, which has got a, a chocolate green leaf, and the flowers are just this kind of lovely light pink, mm. and it's a lovely contrast. And actually, any of them are just going to be 
you know, traffic stoppers, basically. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. especially, you know, being a perennial, but having that kind of tropical feel to it here exactly. in Wisconsin yeah. is, is really cool. And the size of those flowers. It is. That is, it is one that will frighten you in the spring because it'll look like it's dead. You can cut it back to the ground and it will just sit there and sit there and sit there. Mm. And it's dead. It's not coming back. No, yeah. it will come back. It's waiting for the heat. And so it doesn't really start showing any movement at all until mid-June. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't really get much heat around here about (laughs) mid-June that's about right so oh great is there anything else in there that you think people should definitely check out Oh, let's see. We didn't talk at all about vining plants, but we've got some lovely vines right now. My Jackmanii clematis is mm. blooming its little head off. So yeah. that's the one that has the big purple flowers. And clematis is one we sell quite a lot of it, and it will tolerate some shade, which is nice. It's about the only one that I have that really is, is well, somewhat shade tolerant. Will be somewhat shade tolerant. But basically, what clematis like is, as they say, they want hot heads and cold feet. So if you can put it where its feet, you know, the roots, the roots are shaded, yeah. either by, you can use a lot of mulch or you can actually underplant with some ground cover and that will help to keep the soil cool yeah. underneath of it. But then if it's in a place where it's getting four to six hours of sun, then you're going to have just a spectacular bloom on it. And the bloom time on those kind of vary, right? Yeah, it does depend. I have noticed that here at the store, everything is starting to pop and the clematis. So it again, they can get started mid-June and um, they'll keep going through July. Some of them will keep going into August if you keep them watered nicely. Yeah. Keep those feet cold. You betcha. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful, kind of opening up a whole new world of perennials to our customers. Definitely thank you so much, Jody, for being on. Is there anything else you want to highlight or, or um, make sure people know about? Just, you know, come on in. It's it's so, it, just walk through and just drink it in and, and just enjoy, you know, the, the lot and the color and the butterflies and hummingbirds. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. You know, it is. It's just a, a pleasant walk. So, you know, I, I would invite everyone to just come and enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. And I've been so impressed with our team and how educated everyone is and how patient they are with customers of being willing to well, yeah, that's take what the I live time for to, yeah, guide Hel- them through. Helping people solve their garden problems is what I really enjoy doing. So, Well, you do a great job of Thank it you. and you have an awesome team out there. I so, do. Yeah. So thankful for you guys. We should definitely have you back in the fall to talk about you know what it. people should be doing then. Yep. Some of the highlights of the perennials that we have for fall, those kinds of things. That sure. would be great. Sounds wonderful. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jody, for being on today. If you have any questions, you can email me or if you'd like us to discuss a certain topic, write at gardengirl at milligers.com. You can check out all of our past episodes on the podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest information and happenings here at Milligers. You can find out more details about our events on our website at milligers.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us your suggested topics and questions to me at gardengirl at milligers.com. Thanks again for listening and just keep growing.